right, we're back. Episode two of the Calcio Nostro podcast. We have Michele, Gaidano, and now here for the first of his podcast, Giulio Ricciardi. How you doing? How are we doing, everyone? What's popping? I'm I'm fucking stoked. Let's do this. This is exciting. Get right into it. Let's, big, let's get right into big it. Big news coming out of Europe today. It's not necessarily Serie, but we got to touch on it. Conte signing with Spurs. What's everybody's initial reaction to this? So let's go with the team that most recently had him. <laughs> really, I, like that. I like that. I wonder if his hair is still the same. It doesn't move. It doesn't move. Still so a topic for you? No, I, it's like, I, I think it's telling that he chose Spurs, to be honest. I think. Well, he was a front runner at the beginning, but then apparently he wanted way too much demands, and then no, they were I, like, "No." I, I think right, he was, was looking like for. I think he was looking yeah. for a bigger a bigger gig. Nothing showed up, and more control. And more control. Yeah. that's what he wants. That's what he wants. And he wants to go somewhere where the expectations aren't that high, and it's at Spurs, right? They have to win a trophy. They're in six competitions <laughs> a year, right? Um, he's gonna have one in six chance of winning a trophy hey, every single year. Europa Conference League isn't t- isn't easy. Yeah. Okay, when so, you're playing farmers. That are that soccer's a day job. That it's not first that easy. team would be successful if they got a community shield. Okay, <laughs> so let's let's be honest. Uh, by him leaving Inter, do I think he went to an upgrade? Absolutely not. Absolutely, maybe financially, sure, he's he's on more solid ground, but he's teaming up with Paratici again, <laughs> who, as Juve will tell you, uh, who who Julia will tell you. No, I just, Ju- I just call you Juve from now on. You can just call me Juve. Julio's Ju- 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 next Ju- on the panel. will tell you, it's probably the biggest mistake that Juve's ever made was going with Paratici over Marotta. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that if we, if, if it comes up. But. So I, he's he's teaming up with him again, and, and I think, you know, he's going to have to force Daniel Levy, who is notoriously tight with the purse strings, to spend money. I, I'm so curious to see how that relationship lasts. It's gonna it's gonna be bad, but but here's the here's my question, right? Because I agree with everything that you said. I think like even after the quote unquote exodus from from Inter this summer, this is by miles a better team than Spurs. Why isn't he just waiting for the United job? Like, why are you signing this contract when when the writing's on the wall that Ole's gone? I think yeah. too. I, yeah, sorry. No, I was just. I mean, he has all the power. Like, there's no rush. I, I think I agree, with Mike. There, like, I I feel like I see the draw of, of United, like the history. Um, sort of like bringing that club back to the top. I could see that. Um, and it, it's just it's just a miraculous thing for how incompetent Spurs are too. Like they could have had Conte and built a team around him that he wanted. Now, like you're saying, Conte wants to spend and get the players that he wants to get. They're mid-season. What, you know, how are they going to... Are they going to throw away a year Your boy Paratici is going to just try to sign Not every free transfer. terrible. So I, I, to, to the two points as to why he didn't wait for Man United, I think... Whether it's his agent, I think he has Pastorello as his agent, and I think his brother also represents him in some capacity. I think two things: he didn't want to wait for the Man United job either because one, he either thinks or knows that all is going to stay, or two, which is very likely, Ronaldo doesn't yeah. want him there, right? I he couldn't handle that person. I, I don't think Ronaldo and Conte could match. That was my first thought, and yeah. I think the reason I think there is. The only other person I would choose for that Man United job is Zidane, who makes more sense, has a history of Ronaldo, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Manages big egos, right? Zidane is yeah. probably perfect for that role. The and the second reason is he I think Paratici had already kind of had that team in mind for Conte. Like you said, Conte was the first choice. Mm-hmm. Their number one addition over the summer was Romero, right? Yeah. 
like another center back. They got their low. They have they have six seven, six center backs going on. They have wing backs already with reggae. I don't on. think they have the main center backs. They have Sanchez. Yeah. They have Dyer. Yeah. They have Romero. And who else? Alderweireld. Alderweireld's not there anymore. Alderweireld's not there anymore. Vertogen isn't there anymore. I mean, regardless, right? Yeah. Regardless, I, I, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, go, go, go. I, I think the thing about Conte is I, I put him in the top five, maybe top three managers in the world, but he could. there are certain jobs he could never have. He'll never have Real Madrid. He'd never have Barca because he's not going to play the style of mm-hmm. football that yeah, they want to play there. Real. And look, I mean, Real. Barca was, the job was open. Yeah, this, they would the same it. timeline, they would it's it. open, and, yeah. and they just know that that's not a fit, not a, and he yeah. could never touch PSG. Yeah, and also no. with Barca, to kind of add on to your point, the board is very involved and they always try to have an input on what's going on transfer-wise or player-wise. And Conte doesn't like that. Conte wants c- complete autonomy. And that's what happened. That, that, that's how he won it. And that's how he won at Juve. And that yep. makes sense. Well, go, going back to the point that Guy's making, right, about Levy and, and how he never wants to spend. Because, I mean, they had a good team under Pochettino, but again, yep. they just didn't do enough to take well, it to the Well, they technically level. did spend, though, because when they sold bail, they spent a lot. I, they, you also understand that their stadium is relatively new, so they had the purse string strong because they were saving up because they want to pay for the stadium. Now the stadium is paid, they might see more movement. I don't know that Premier League teams are really feeling that that much, though. I feel like they're getting so, money from, so much money from their TV deals that they could spend endlessly if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is, is, I wonder how much money they're actually going to give him. Because the one thing as a Serie A fan that scares me about Conte on a team that could potentially uh, spend a lot of money is that he's going to raid Serie A for all the talent. <laughs> yeah, and and, and yeah. Italian teams can't say no. They, yeah. they can't. Yep. I'm hoping it's not another Leonardo situation where he goes oh, to PSG mm. and just steals everybody. And steals them from Milan. Well, the entire, I mean, Rob Milan. Yeah, Rob Milan took Verratti. Yeah. Well, well the rumors yeah. are that he, he wants De Vrij, Bastoni, Romagnoli, which, sure, I don't know why. Vlaovic, apparently that's actually uh, in concrete, is that they've promised that they're going to get Vlaovic. And he's also, he wants Barella, but I, if Inter sell Barella... So if they if they get the Vlaovic... If they Inter sell Barella, I'm going to boy, sure boycott the team. No, you're not. Year. Shut up. I no, no you, you, every, there's weeks where Galan goes, I can't watch this team, I can't watch it. Next week, he's watching. just And still crying and, you know, doing the whole shebangabang. Keep coming back. But my thing, so... Mike touched on Lovich, and I think it's a good point with Spurs especially because you had the whole failed Kane saga this past summer. If they're promising Lovich, that means that they're definitely selling Kane in that case. Kane's also, you know, he's up there now. He's not, he's he's not a spring 28, he's a, I think, he's a year now. Older than he's 29, 30, right? He's I'm going to check right now. I, just, I was uh, looking at the article. I'm not sure if you're looking at the same, Mike. Apparently, Tottenham said they're willing to spend up to 280 million uh, euro on winter signings. Oh, including, wow. <laughs> including, including... Reading Serie A. Yeah, I mean, that, so. that's what he's going to do. I mean, that's what yeah. he did a little bit when he was at Chelsea, right? I mean... But that means Inter are willing to sell. And I don't... I think if you... If you say, if this all happened prior to Lukaku and Hakimi going, mm-hmm. I'd say, no doubt, the whole line is gone. This this organization could not save face if they sold the whole yeah, back it line. Yeah, it would be... It would be disastrous. Yeah. It would be disastrous. Whole back they'd line... Run, they'd run them out of this. Your whole back line, pleasure, most dynamic midfielder... Plus, I think Barella would Barella and Skriniar, those two going and Bastoni, those three are probably the three players that yeah. would cause riots in the streets. Barella, absolutely. Barella, yeah. for Even sure Barella alone would cause riots. Because yeah. I think 
in Tiristi view Barella is like future captain material. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. They had they had the whole Scrinia non non si tocca, mm-hmm. remember? When they were when, when Conte wanted to get rid of him in the first place. And Bastoni's an Italian national team player, like came through the ranks. You, you can't touch the Italians. You can't you can't yeah, touch yeah, the Italians on the team. Riots, it would, riots yeah. would, it would and be and also that midfield already has Conte players. Oh, he wants Brozovic too, is another one. And and Brozovic is, can walk, and, and that's a Paratici special right there. <laughs> yeah, you got it all figured out. Wait, right but so they have the midfield array. They have Hoiberg, they have Ndombele. They have those two. Th- those two guys alone are already Conte players. Yeah, but now now the question that I was asking is like, Deli Ali, what happens? Gone. He's going to quit because oh he God. won't be able to run. <laughs> he won't be able to do the, the laps. Exactly. That he can't do the laps. Exactly. <laughs> Moira, maybe. Tottenham is lucky. Conte is not coming in. Well, you know the who you know yeah, who they were doing the summer trainings oh with God. Conte. Who vomits? Who vomits? <laughs> like, the people are gone. They're gone. They don't want to come for Conte. All right, but but here's another question though. Did Conte just completely misplay his hand here? Because I think you stay at looking at this. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but stay at Inter. What what are you doing? Well, again, he he couldn't stay because of the financial reasons. Well, they're not so. They could afford his his salary. They were able to pay for him. What the problem was is I think he knew that there was a chance Lukaku could go, mm. and that was the one guy he was like he went to Mor- he was like knocking at the door. He goes, "This is the one guy I need. If I'm going to coach Inter. I need him." Mm. And the minute they, that he found out there was a potential that he was gone, he was like, "I'm out of here," right? Because that's what he wants. Open up the purse strings. Otherwise, I'm out. I want control. You have the famous. Uh, uh, you can't. Can't go to a hundred dollar restaurant with one dollar. Huh. Yeah. Ten euro, yeah. Ten, ten euro, ten euro. Yeah. So next year, Allegri makes Champions League final. Same team. Uh, I love that. Exactly. So I think it was more of the team didn't seem ambitious enough. There were players he wanted to build and and bring in more players, not lose players. And there was just a there was a conflict of interest. Yeah. There. So I, I I agree with that, and I think like a couple like one real comment on that. I also think. Conte's personality is such that he knew that at Inter there would be the expectation of repeating, at even if they lost these players, and he knew that it was going to be much harder if he lost any of the guys that they had last year. They end up losing two of their most important, and he was just scared. He ran from a fight. I think. I think. Call it what it is. He just didn't want to compete in Italy without the best team. So I think. I think from my perspective, uh, from like his departure from Juve, he's a very proud person, um, and I think sort of that disagreement of like. You know, I want Lukaku, and then basically saying no, we're going to sell him. He just he'll shoot from the hip, and I think that's that's what happened with Inter. Yeah, that's what happened with Juve because there was big disagreement over what to do. Yeah, you know, when you have the owner who who's, who's like that same way, and you have a coach who's like the same way, and they clash heads. That's it. It's over. That relationship's over. So, okay, so I don't mean to stir the pot. Go I'm asking it. purely to refresh my memory here. Uh huh. Didn't he leave in scandal at Juve? What's I feel scandal? like it was like a thing. That was going on, whether it was gambling or match fixing. Conte, talking about right? Conte, yeah. he left. How much the, rent space do we no, have in no, your no, head? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. There was some sort of there was some sort of rumor. I remember there were weeks leading up to it. There was some sort of rumor, and yeah. and I, the reason why I remember this is because it came up recently when Mourinho and him had that beef. Um, in that's a, a, that's uh, a great yeah. beef. And that is an incredible beef, yeah. and it got brought up again. And I can't remember the details of it, but I, I know that I, there was something that came up. I don't. I thought it was gambling related. I don't know what I don't know if it was match fixing, but it seemed like it was gambling related. Conte's too thick headed to like I, if it's if you're talking about like betting know. on games, he's I, he's too thick headed to it, do that. The Italian tabloids also like exactly will make things up out of thin air. I was frankly asking just because I don't remember the whole story. I remember there was some it was wrapped in a little bit of scandal that kind of dissipated because he left Italy. Okay, 
We'll put a pin there for now. But Mike brought up expectation. I kind of want to transition that way. Now that he's at Spurs, this is the kind of the last thing we talk about the yep. team. How much of an improvement do you think Spur it would make to Spurs? And what do you expect now from 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 this point on to the end of the season? Where do you think Spurs can finish with this roster? They're not going. They're not going to be a Champions League team. I think that as much as Conte can come in and transform a team, they're just not going to catch more talented teams ahead of them. So they're ninth right now, and they are five points out of the top four. Right. Yeah, I think that over the course of the season, though, like this isn't a Conte team right? entirely, so they're not going to do Conte things. If they spent 200 million euro in January, I it, expect that yeah. they won't win the league. That's just out of the question. They won't, yeah. yeah. But no. they, could, they could finish in third, fourth. So what I'm really curious about is to see how Conte's effect is in a situation where he comes in late. I'm sure yeah, if This is the first in, time. That's a good yeah, point. Because his specialty, he's incredible at bringing a team up from nothing to something. That's his specialty. Mm-hmm. Wherever he goes, that's what he does. That's his touch. And then he hits the glass ceiling, and then... Then dips. Allegri comes in. Then Allegri comes in, and then becomes <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson somehow, but not really, but whatever. I digress. Um, but no, I, I'm really interested in like what his effect will be and what the effect will be after the winter reinforcements that he plans on Marco, the entire league with. You're you're the most Premier League forward person. At I'm Street currently League. wearing an Arsenal co- quarter zip, so yes. What, what do you think? So I think he definitely... Because with Nuno, I, I see them being like an 11-12 place team. I think that, you know, they are ninth now. I think that's probably their ceiling with Nuno. With Conte, I could probably see them getting as high as 7th, 6th, just because I think Conte, from a mentality perspective, gives them that extra edge. But again, like Julio brought up, he's never done this before where he's come in midseason. And especially with the Conte team, which as detailed and as rigorous as it is, as, as both of Julio and Galano can talk about, he needs time to develop this team. There's an international break coming up, but that's not enough. No, it's not enough. Like, and I've always been the adage where if you're going to sell, if you're going to get rid of a manager, you do it at the right end of the season. You don't do it midseason because for the players, they don't. Re- they're still learning. The, they're still used to the old system. Now learning a new system. They're going to be a lot more errors, a lot more mistakes. And especially with Conte, I think that he's going to be quote unquote exposed. I, I shouldn't say exposure, but it's only no, where I yeah. can think of where they're like, oh, he's not as good of a manager. Where in hindsight, no, he needs time to develop this. But I think he does kind of what the what we anticipate the allegory effect with Juve, where he adds points that otherwise they would have not had mm-hmm. with him on it. I still think that they'll probably I think with Conte, they'll finish seventh. So I think they do have a good team. I think on paper, even as an Arsenal fan, I'm not delusional where it's like on paper they have a better team than us. Right. It's not much, but it is better in the right system. That being said, again, I'm still waiting to see kind of what, because he won't do the thing that he did at Inter, as Galano knows. He would do more of what he did at Chelsea. And right. Which, yeah. Galano has a better idea that, than I do in terms of the formation and the roles that he played. So, I I disagree. I think, I don't think, so I don't think we'll see it this year. I, I think the ceiling for this team, just because of where they currently are, is maybe yeah. fifth or sixth. Europa League spot. That's That's high. Conte with a summer yes. to get his tactics yes. in. With even this roster stays the same, I think they could go for top four. Yeah, that, I really could. I, that, I was limiting it yeah. to this season, so, but yeah, no, I agree. The reason why is because I look at I look at the losses that or the drop points that Spurs have, right? So, I believe they have a two-two draw to Chelsea. Okay, that's that's you live with that. that that's a good result. It's a good them, result for anyone. Exactly. Yeah. They have a three-zero thumping. They lost to Crystal Palace. Right, Conte is not. That doesn't happen under Conte. No, Agreed. No way. They they lose to Wolverhampton, who are without Jimenez, without like a like a team. 
They're right. like 18th right now, I think. Exactly. They they tied two two. That doesn't happen. Actually, Wolves are seventh. That so that doesn't happen. After, that doesn't happen with Conte. Agreed. You have a three one loss to the Gunners. No offense, Marco, but if you're going to choose Arteta versus Conte in a one off match, no, it's Conte. No, again, so yeah, so exactly. You have these games. West Ham one nothing. No offense to West. I like West Ham. I always root for them. Conte. The Tottenham roster right now is better than the West Ham roster. Yes, with, yeah. Con- with Conte, they be- they win that game. Yeah, and then they lose three nothing to Manchester United. Yeah, they're not bad enough to lose three nothing. And so, in a Conte system, you're losing one nothing, two at one most, at best. Yeah, at most. so that raises the question: even without on the topic of without reinforcements, Conte's primary ability is to make people fear him so much that they perform to ungodly levels. How much will that impact? Like you're saying, there's all these small games where they lose, they lose. That's where Conte gets the points. I could I could see even this season like a like a end Europa League slash like low championship and and, spot and to go him. on top of that point, look at what he did with Chelsea. First season there, he did immaculate. He won the, the league. That they was just a fear him. More talented, Rob. No, I agree. But he had a summer. He had a no. Had a but that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. What is the effect going to be? Exactly. But now, but you saw in Chelsea second season they were sick of him. Players yeah. did not yeah. like him at all. So the issue is that I'm that I think is going to ha- that might happen is this season. He comes in mid season. He's Typical Conte, rah, 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 full aggression. Rah, rah. Mm-hmm. Players should be like, no, we don't want to do this. And then there's going to be either even further term. Like, there is that possibility, though. The, the thing, though, is now he's, he's got his boy Paratici. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's going to be way less pressure from the front office. I think Spurs is a lower pressure job. Abramovich no, is a I agree. I agree with bad that. owner. I, so I'm Spurs talking about solely from a their... player's perspective. That's all I'm talking yeah. about. I, Abramovich is like a more successful James Dolan. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think from a player's perspective. Perspective, I think it'll actually be easier because during a summer he drills you into the ground, right? Like it's constant work, constant like there's there's so much training going on. In England, he's coming into the heat of like they're they're they're, they're going to be in four competitions, right? They have the cups, they yeah. have the league, and right? there's the no time to league. drill. Yeah. There's no time to drill. So I don't I don't think. And the, the one thing about Conte and that it was from day one, it's like. They would they their movements were muscle memory for them. Mm-hmm. Every single player knew exactly where they had to be, and every single Conte his his problem has always been it's predictable. He has one way of doing mm-hmm. things, and that's it. He can't readjust. That's his thing. That's his glass ceiling. That's his glass ceiling. Yeah. But they know that one system like like nothing else, mm-hmm. right? That they live and breathe. And that's that. where he gets the points. Exactly. That's where he gets the points. He's not going to have time to do that with Spurs this year. Here's one question I have, and, and I'm just thinking about this. Like he. I think playing under Conte did a lot for Lukaku's career. Mm-hmm. Similar effect for Kane, or I just don't, I don't think he's as talented as Lukaku, so I'm not sure. So yeah, the one difference I think between Kane and Lukaku, there are two differences. I think Kane is a better passer in terms of his depth of passing, mm-hmm. but Lukaku in terms of athleticism and motor is different. Lukaku with the ball dribbling at players is a lot scarier than Kane coming at you with the ball. Because Kane is not as mobile with the ball. He's he's your traditional back-to-goal, typical big number nine. Lukaku is a flexibility of both where, yeah, his best style is back-to-goal being the center guy. But in space, he can attack in space and create in space. I don't know if you guys think differently about that. Julie, what do you think? So I was checking a work email. Uh, quickly ask the question again. So basically, I was just saying that Lukaku and Kane are different. Kane, yes. one being a better passer, mm-hmm. but also slower on the ball, and Lukaku being worse of a passer, but much better on the ball and being pacier with the, mm-hmm. with the ball at his feet, going at players. Well, so I think the question, that, like sort of building off what Mike's been saying too, I think the question here is how much of a workhorse is Kane going to be in comparison to that's Lukaku? Fair. Because that's Conte, 
I, I think Gaetano sort of explained it best. Conte gives players a role, and when the players perform the role, they get the points, and then you reach that glass ceiling. So will Kane sort of be a prima donna where he's like, no, I want to do it my way. This is my team. Or is he going to subscribe to like Conte's philosophy immediately? Like, okay, Conte's going to say, do this, and then we win. It's it. Yeah. We have to see if that remains to be seen. I think that's the most important one thing guy. One me. guy, if Vlavic is true and going to Tottenham, I could see him thriving. Vlavic will be and, an and, absolute beast. And in and, and, and a Conte system, I think he'll thrive. I think, so two things. One, I think Lukaku is more suited for a Conte style because he's physical. Yep. Like, Unreal. Yeah. I think Harry Kane is a much, is, is, skill, is more skillful. He's a better shooter, better passer. But in terms of like taking a defender on your back, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turn, either turning exactly. or playing the ball back to your to your midfielder. I think Lukaku's so much better yep. at that. Yeah. He's more physical. He's more like like Grinta, like with what yeah, yeah. Conte really, really wants. The other thing is, what's Harry Kane's heart with Tottenham right now? Or Does he want was, to be yeah. there? I was going to bring he's, that up. I mean, he almost he should have left, left and almost did leave, and now he's kind of No, like, Daniel Leve kept yeah. screwing up the move. Let's well, not screwing up, he kept stopping the move. If he has half the heart, Conte's not going to want him. He needs to be Conte, 110% there. I think Conte that the other thing, him. though, is it's like he's stuck. I, I don't think another team is going to pay that money for Kane because they no. want a yeah. King's ransom for him. But, so I think Conte, one way or another, is going to be stuck with him. And the, the shitty part is, is that Conte is the type that will sit Harry I was Kane. about to say that he will bench his ass the entire season just to prove a point. So, we talked Conte, but now we got to go to the motherland because this is a Serie A, an Italian cultural podcast. We gotta go about. We gotta talk about Napoli and Milan. We're gonna start with Milan first because what I saw these past two weeks, especially again, Roma was for me a test to say, okay, they're a tough right. out. They're Mourinho side. They're going to be defensive. Can Milan prove that they're the better team? One and two, do it in a way that's convincing for us to think that they can really contest. From what I saw, I think they can. I mean, yeah, it was nice having Zlatan back, but you were without Brahim Diaz. You were without Tonali. You had back to Benacer and Kessi as the starters, who I think did well. Like, this team is getting their players back. And, yeah, we have AFCON coming up. But in terms of the sum of the parts, I think that they're a real challenge now to be winners of the squad this year. Mike, I'm going to you first because you are the, the Milan fan on this panel. So, I, th- I think the 1-0 over Torino, it's an okay result. You have to expect that you're going to do that if you're going to be a team. Well, Napoli had MVP. the same thing, and yeah, Napoli dominated. And, and, and Torino is legitimately a great defensive side yes. under Juric. I think that the 2-1 at the Olimpico is big. I, there's no way around that. I think you'll find out more about whether or not Milan's going to... They have three games left in Champions League. There's going to be a lot of pressure just because of Milan's pedigree to play really well in those games and try to fight for nine points to make a miracle send into the... I think it's important for their form, too. That way they keep putting in... At least, like, even you if they what? lose, I think it's consistent performances. I, I think they need to rotate the squad, and I think that they need to do as much as they can to make sure that they finish fourth in that group. I think getting into champion uh, Europa League would be a death kiss for them because I think that they would go for it. I think mm. that they, at this point, should just be all in on Well, Serie they also, a. for Europa League, they also added that the people that come from the Champions League, I think... I don't know if they get a bye, but they have to do like a playoff with the winners or second place teams of Europa League groups. But sorry, continue. No, it's fine. And, and, and whatever it is, I, I think playing extra games always is bad when you're in a title hunt, right? Unless you're a serious yeah. competitor for the UCL. This team is, I think they struggle with depth. We're a quarter of a way through the season. And I think that this has been the, I know not even the most optimistic Milan fan could have imagined this many points, you know, yeah. Yeah. all wins and one draw through, through 11 match days. It's crazy. 
I, I think that you're going to start seeing them slump the same way that they did last year after we hit Christmas and you start going through the calendar again. And then you're getting into like really the tough games in Italy and your team's going to be injured. And I think the depth yep. is going to expose Milan. I, I don't think that this is a Scudetto winner. Mm. Uh, I think this is certainly a Champions League team is what I'd say. And look, I'd, I'd love for them to win, but I, I just don't see it. I still think Inter Inter's by a considerable margin, still the favorite in my opinion, even with Napoli. Galano, you gotta you gotta Bullshit. respond to that. <laughs> Bullshit. Milan are a team of destiny. Like it's, uh. it's they're absolutely the team of destiny. Like they've performed the way they've had they have without their their two strikers. They they haven't played. Yeah, but I mean, they what. Their toughest games, I guess, have been... They've gone through Lazio, which have been a crazy up-and-down team this year. Mm-hmm. So you can't even say, oh, sure. they beat Lazio. They, they beat, beat Atalanta. Lazio did Roma you know, was good, yeah. throttle Inter 3-1. They, they beat Atalanta. Yeah, I mean... They beat Atalanta. They tied Juve They almost Juve blew that one. I mean, you tying Juve isn't something to be proud of. Yeah, no, they, we're they tied a mid-level team. Yeah. They can't be dropping points <laughs> like that. Yeah, I think that. I think you'll see when Milan-Napoli face off, when Milan-Inter yeah. face off, I think that those are going to be the real litmus tests, and, and that's coming up. So The derby is going to yeah. be the, the pedigree test so, for these champions. Yeah. Mike brought up the fixtures. I'm looking at it now. They have Inter this week. Well, they have Champions League tomorrow against Porto. They have Inter this weekend. Then they're away to Fiore. Home to let it go midweek on the 24th because the international break starts next week. So there's a week I off. Love some international break. Yeah, it's so good. I, oh, God. You have the World Cup every so year. Then, so, then, <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, so then, so then the 20th, they play, oh. they're at Fiore. Then midweek of that week, they have a let it go. Then they're home to Sassuolo, which, you know, you may say it's a winnable game. Then they have Genoa, Salan- Salernitana. And then their January gets, December gets insane. So then you get Milan. Home against Liverpool, Milan away at Udine, Milan home to Napoli, Milan away to Empoli, who's tr- proven to be a tough out, Milan home to Roma, Milan away to Venezia, home to Spezia, home to Juve, and away to Inter. So maybe some Coppa Italia in there, but that's a lot of games in, from just beginning of December to January. So, I mean, just looking at the immediate future, right, this next week, week and a half, Milan should 100% throw against Porto and try to take full points against Inter because I think that that's, real, that's a six-point swing, yeah, right? but it's against your Champions League DNA. Yeah, I know, you but you got, you got to give you it You're not yeah, winning yeah, the yeah, Champions League. So of, of get the, out now. Of the big You've three, got now your money, they, go. Out of the big three, they now have the longest drought in Serie A. It would take... It's been like, what, eight, nine years since you guys won the school? Like 11 now. now. Uh, it would take yeah. Yeah, a legitimate years. miracle... For Milan to get out of this group, they had, they'd have to get wins against Atleti. And look, I know Milan fans will be, and I'm a Milan fan, but whatever, they'll be like, "Oh, but we should have won that game." It's like, but we didn't. Yeah. And then you now you're going to fact. Madrid. Liverpool is going to outplay yeah. us again. There's nothing that you can do about that. Oh. And then Salah is literally. Liber- 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 Liberal- I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You know, if you lose or don't win against Porto, there's a really serious chance you don't have a single win in the Champions League this year. That's fine. Give me the Scudetto. I don't care. Mike's trying to tank for those. Uh, well, picks. also, yeah. to be <laughs> well, fair, get me back in there next year. That's what I'm saying. Again. Yeah, one, get back in there next year, and two, with the Scudetto. You oh, get, listen, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> but what I'm saying, with the Scudetto, if they do win it, I think it'd be beneficial to them, to them because one, they win it in the first time in 11 years, which is always big. 
Two, they get the extra money from winning the the, the Scudetto. But here's the thing. They're not even in first place. Yeah, but they're tied on points. Sure. Who's had the more challenging games, I think? I think Napoli. Oh, I disagree. I don't think so. I think so. Napoli's schedule has been a joke. Napoli, so, Napoli played Juve when they were struggling. A weak, weak Juve. A weak Juve All at their the players are in South America trapped they, on a plane or something. I don't, like even think, I don't even think they... Did they play? They haven't played Lazio, right? They haven't played Lazio yet. No, uh, they played Lazio, right? Because there was the coming home match. Oh, no, it's coming. Oh, sorry. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they haven't played Lazio yet. I think they beat... They played Roma. They played they, Roma. They drew that one. Yeah, we had... We, because, you know, I'm hopping on the... Fiorentina. Yeah, but we still have Inter to play. We still have Lazio to play. We still have Atalanta to play. Milan. We still have Verona, who's... Sixth, I think, right now. Verona, who, who almost beat Milan and beat Juve, they're looking like some kind of yeah, giant. And then, and then we, yeah, then we, we haven't played Milan yeah, either. Right. I stand corrected. Like, Apologies. don't be wrong. Napoli have gotten max points, but and again, I think Afcon hurts Napoli more than it more. hurts Milan. It does. Yeah, okay, one. so do we want to transition into Napoli now? Because I'm about to pop Go off. Wait, no, we got to ask the question. Okay. Oh, wait, what question? Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's Juve. Stop. You don't want to ask your Leonardo question? Juve. It's always on his mind, folks. I want to talk about Juve. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to go inside. But now please stand here. I'm going to say it. We're not winning the Sweden this year. I agree with you. I, I, what I saw against... Oh, that 1-0. Oh, that 1-0. On. What? Are you serious? You have the best defense in Serie A. The best defense, but our midfield no coverage though. It should be added. Monolos yeah, well, Monolos is hurt now, and so wants to move started. to Greece. He does yeah, not he want to be there. there. Now, what was the game I saw? First of all, there there are rumors that the Afcon Cup doesn't happen this year for political. That would strife. be incredible. That yeah. would be incredible for both teams, but it would be much more beneficial for Napoli. Agreed. But I, I from what I saw, I'm not even saying Osimhen is a big hit. It's it's cool. Yeah, Bali at the back. What I, what I, I mean, that's yeah. There you go. That's a. This that's, is that's, that's the team. Yeah, that's game this is. I know what I'm saying is an knee-jerk reaction, but what I'm thinking about is I think you have Fabian Ruiz and Ngisa as like the consistent guys, but that third person at midfield, who is it going to like? Zielinski? Zielinski was a ten and ten guy. What do you mean he was a ten and ten? I guy? think he had ten goals and assists. Yeah, year. but like, for what I, for from what I've seen this year. He's way too inconsistent. I think Lozano also, like, the up front, we don't have much depth either. Where Petania, yeah, he's a big body, but he's no, he's nowhere near Aussie That's a big question mark. You can't mark. ride Dries Mertens for three weeks, four weeks? No. Look, I, I, think, I think it's two things with Napoli, the questions that I have. It's how are you going to perform in the big games, right? You, yeah. you have yep. to go out there. And I, I would be curious to see how they would have played a full-strength Juve, because I think a full-strength Juve... Maybe holds on for a point in that. Well, game. we saw a full strength Roma. They were zero zero. Yeah. Well, but I still, I still maintain that Juve is a better team. I don't care what the results show me. That's on paper a better team. So my issue with Napoli that I saw is when they get to the final third, that's not on a counter. They have very, very hard time breaking down teams. Very hard time. And for most of these that they play, except for the big, the big six that they play against. They're going to be playing against defensive opposition, and it takes them like 75, 80 minutes to finally break down a team. There's going to be a stretch of games where they don't be able to break them down, and then they lose points, and then you see that that's the reason why they lost it. They have goals so, on that team, though. I, 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 I'm not I saying they don't have goals. What I'm saying that. is like it's, it's going, there's, going to be game, there's going to be two to three games where they just can't break through because of the way Sadia set up. I don't see it that way. I think that they have a team that's pretty fluid. They Right now, they're playing like a really fluid game. It's mm-hmm. like... Almost as fluid as it was with Sarri, but better because you're allowed to switch the play. 
Uh, and you also have this dude, Osimhen up front, who can make a goal out of nothing. Like he's he's yeah. not he's not a technical god, but you put a ball into the box, he's athletic enough to get you a goal out of nothing. I think that yeah. they. I I love Osimhen. Have a lot of depth. Have, you have a lot of variety. You can go up top. You have Osimhen. You have Patanya, yeah. the mountain man, and you have <laughs> mountain man, the mountain man. And I would love to see him against who's the center back for Bayern. Osule. Oh, oh my God. No, it's, it's not Osule. No, it's it's Sule. Sule. Yeah. yeah. Oof, be so fight. I think I have two thoughts. Uh, I was looking at Napoli's uh, just results and what's coming in their schedule. They really have not had many tests in the schedule. They played Juve. They beat Juve 2-1 in September. And then they played Roma recently and drew 0-0. Coming up, they have games against Inter, Lazio, mm-hmm. Atalanta, and Milan. And all, Sassuolo. Yes, all before the break. Yeah, and Empoli. Empoli's a tough team yeah. too to play. So my, my point is two things. Given that they've had an easy schedule relatively, and there's a lot of tests coming. And two, which I think is most important, is Napoli's mentality. They always have, they don't have that winning DNA. And it's they a different will coach, though. Yeah. I think Spalletti's I better for that than Sarri was. No, I'm, I'm yeah. sure, but I, I still don't. Just I'm coming in from a skeptic, skeptic, mm-hmm. a, a skeptic uh, point here. Napoli somehow miraculously find a way to collapse consistently. I, I would like to be proven wrong. I think they have to prove towards the break if they're still at the top, they... I think they win. But there's so what? many tests coming up. Here's for them, so. a Napoli question unrelated to whether or not they close this out. Have they they have not penned a contract yet with Insigne, right? They're still waiting to do that. I think he just had an extension for this year. I think they just haven't seen it this year. I think this is gonna be like a year contract. Because I know he wanted to go to Inter because it's such a disaster that happened. <laughs> such a disaster. That um they they had like disagreements about the contract extension in terms of the figure they wanted to pay him because the Laurentis wanted to pay him less than what he wanted. He made a big stink about it. Then the agent was trying to contact and rope entered into buying for like twenty million euro. But to I right, but I I think that I think that he's it's it's not. Yeah, his contract expires. Is it the end of the season? Yeah. So they're still trying to figure that out. I think that that would be honestly. Is his agent still Raiola? Uh, I don't know. I um, I want to be honest as a newly minted Napoli supporter and kind of a more neutral eye to the team. I think you let him go. I think you let Insigne go. You can't. No, I get no, it. His agent's Pisacane. Okay. Yeah, he's, no. the, he's the boy from Napoli. He's the boy from Napoli, but we have a a, a newly anointed new boy from Napoli Who's in Kulabali. No, I mean, have you heard? You of, have you heard that dealer? No, I, I, yes, I don't think I, it's gonna happen. But if I were in charge, I would let him go. You have to understand the image, the imagery, right? The kid grew up blocks away from the stadium. Grew up looking at the stadium. Would he have been old enough to buy for Maradona? I think so. He's twenty nine now, give or take, maybe. Yeah, barely. Regardless, yeah, like he's he walks the streets. He's probably the most. No, he's probably the most recognizable face. If you could, in you know, don't stare over his head. Yeah, exactly. If you, you know, you, him, you know, you know, he's five four, right? Yes. Well, yeah. I, I, I think I think you have to bring him back. But regardless, I, not I, for the money he's he's asking for, though. Who do you replace him with then? Because then you have to pay a fee, and we all know how Aurelio fee, fee, feels about paying fees. And yeah, if you if you because they resigned Martins, they have to resign. But my question, like the the way I'm seeing it from a Pure soccer standpoint, it's like I don't think he really adds much no, on the I, field. I think on the field, I agree with you. I don't think he's that great of a player. That, but that's what I'm like. I'm like, I if, never I, have. if I want, like, so here's here's my scenario. What if Napoli don't win this it, this year? Does he get blamed for it? Yes no. or no? Who gets blamed then? No, they bought they bought one player this year, and Geese is the only player they brought in. 
The one, the, the blame should be solely on one person if they, if they. Also, I don't know how they didn't bring in Emerson. Like that, that's the most ridiculous. A million thing. euro move, they didn't do it. Yeah, Mario Rui is your left back, and he's been your God, left back for three. It's been a problem since Gulam went down when they were yeah. trying to challenge Juve for the Scudetto. Well, you had like, Hisai who's out, who like. played right back. So they had Gulam who went down. They 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 did some sort. They they tried to plug it with band aids or whatever, and it's been a problem for for like four yeah. years now. I so if they, if they they lost to Sucudetto because they didn't bring in replacements in the winter, right? They had they were linked to Politano. They didn't they didn't close the deal with him. They didn't they were linked to other players. They didn't bring the deal. Why did they lose to Scudetto? Because they had no depth, right? Now now what's the situation? They have no left back, right? That's the number one hole, right? And Spalletti loves playing with his fullbacks. He had Cancelo back at Inter. That was a fun Inter team. That was a fun Inter team. So if. If they lose, it's not going to be on Insigne's fault. And it's not going to be Spalletti's fault. It should solely be on De Laurentiis' fault. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, from a pure soccer standpoint, I think Insigne has run his race from a productivity standpoint. Like, you know, he's playing in the left wing. He's not beating players. He's He he reminds me of a Barati, but on the opposite wing, where you know what he's going to do. He's going to cut inside and try to do something on his right every single time. And you can block that two points. Like, if he even hits his past you, he's not going to outpace you out your outside back. Yeah, but because of Osimhen, now people look at that Napoli team and they're like, okay, they'll win if Osimhen and Koulibaly play well. Yep. They're not going to look at that team and say, all right, this this rider dies. Yes, but he's senior. yes, but he's they the captain be, though. So what? Like when you have a captain, when you when you, I I agree with him too. But it's like you're the captain. There's he's, always a bigger spotlight on but you. But he's the captain for what reason? Yep. I well, mean, he's he's, well, he's not a leader in my eyes. Yeah, well, I agree. Well, no, he's I don't a captain th- because he's from Naples. I'm yep. not. I'm not. He appreciates, he appreciates the, the. I'm not arguing why he's a captain. I'm saying. There. I'm saying for the fact that he is the captain that people are going to put a bigger spotlight and, and I, I go to know. him first. I don't know. I mean, within Napoli fan groups, he's like a a god. Like you know, he's like Maradona light. He's yeah. from oh, Naples. He absolutely is. No, man. I agree with he your reaction. He is. It's just. They're, I see he's why like, they see he's him like, like that. every Neapolitan kid that ever yeah, dreamed exactly, of playing. Exactly. Like I mean, this is a five-four dude who's not for some reason gifted. is really slow somehow. And <laughs> also makes a but ton I mean, of mistakes. In if the final they let game. him go, I mean, we were talking no, about I mean, riots, riots in Milan. Riots in I think streets, that there yeah, would be riots. legitimate they love outrage. They would yeah. burn that stadium imagine, to the ground. Imagine he went to Juve. Let's put it this way: he's been an awful penalty taker for five years. Oh God, he has the captain bent. But guess what? He still takes the penalties. You know why? Because if he doesn't. The fans will, will revolt. He's the face. You got to keep him. It doesn't have nothing yeah. to do with production on the field at this point. He's earned that legacy. Yeah. It, that's Whether it. you appreciate it or not, I know we don't. You know, you know it would be tough. I wasn't a fan of him on the Azzurri. I'm not a fan of him in Napoli. But what I will say is he represents that, that region, and they love him, and they adore him. And for that reason, you have to keep him. I'm just going to add this little tidbit, then we're going to move on. You know it would be toxic? Juve come in and get him. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. I don't. I. I think. Yeah. He would put his foot down. No. I, but what I'm saying is, that let's say, like in the weird scenario, Napoli do let his contract go out, and then Juve come in and is like, "Oh, we're the only team offering you no a career. No chance." Juve overloads on wingers even more than they already <laughs> are. We're just gonna have to talk about that very soon. Uh, that, that Anyone want Kulusevsky for free? Well, yeah, so. Moment, we mo- moment of truth, everybody. This is Julio's time to shine. <laughs> this is my time to... Juve struggles continue. I'm not even going to ask a question. Julio, just go. I need a water for this first. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah so, go. We have a lot mm-hmm. to talk about. I mean, we could talk about this from like a recent perspective. We can talk about this from like a historical perspective, how like we've seen this team unfold from being the almost winning for a decade champions of Italy with like no competition to just... 
being unrecognizable as a, as a unit. I, and I think for, when I was coming into this podcast, I think I have two things I want to talk about from like a broad perspective. I think first we need to talk about what happened since Allegri left and since the team that played Real Madrid in 2017, what happened from that point to where the hell we are now? And two, losing Ronaldo with no plan and why we're in ninth. Those are the two things I think we need to focus on first. And you guys can... Well, you can... Good, you I, I have me. comments on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, absolutely. So, so kind of really... I just want... You guys make a point where it's like, even when you bowl Ronaldo, you didn't have a plan. Right. Well, so, see, the problem is we didn't have a plan, but when yeah. you have one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time, you're going to win some points to yeah. mask over it. And that's what Benucci was talking about. Um, I think it was it, it, it was like a month ago. He was talking about um, that basically having someone to just kind of bail you out at all times made yeah. everyone super reliant and dependent on this guy to just save you. Like, oh God, we don't know what the hell we're doing. Hey, hey, really talented guy to go do something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I want to hear Mike's comments yeah, on this. Yeah, I think, I think we, we spoke about this a lot last time we did this. And, and the first thing is, it's that, like, one, Juve was playing for Ronaldo at that point. There yep, wasn't, absolutely. There wasn't a fluid system. There wasn't anything cohesive going on. And they thought, like, if they brought in Ronaldo, they could not bring in real midfielders and sign Aaron yes, Ramsey and, that's, and yep. win a Champions League. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, that's that's... What's going on there is it's like that post Allegri phase. Yeah. It's you don't have a manager that wants to coach Ronaldo. You don't have a guy who wants to play for your team. Uh, and, and I think the Bonucci comments also like you're mischaracterizing it. He was okay. saying that the team was playing for Ronaldo. I think he was trying to slight Ronaldo. Saying, well, he also he also did say like we we were weaker in like in a mental sense in in the sense that like we lost the ability to like operate independently without him. Like they were relying on him. Is what I saw too. I maybe was making. That's what I saw when I was. I don't it. recall seeing that. Okay. I, I think that the I, generally speaking. I mean, either way, I agree with you though. It's it's been a lot yeah. of dialogue coming out of Juve and from the Juve players anti Ronaldo rhetoric, and I, I don't think anyone would have sung any kind of praise. Like, well, yeah, I don't even I don't even think I'm I meant to characterize it as praise. It's more of like it's awful the situation that as a team we got ourselves in with Ronaldo, and I agree with you in the sense that it, in hindsight, like. I understand why they go and get Ronaldo, right? Base of soccer, you know, financially, it's a genius move, obviously. Is it, though? You pay yeah. 100 million? I mean, you pay 100 you well, you, Financially, you financially in the sense of the Juve stock, in that sense, rise, that rises. Well, yeah, but and everything else, sales, in terms of the books. In terms of the yeah. books, in terms of the books, and in terms yeah. of constructing a team, it's an awful decision because, as Mike was pointing out, which is one of the major problems, we went from having arguably the best midfield in Europe for like five years, around yeah. five, five, six years. Mm-hmm. To Aaron fucking Ramsey. But I, this is an Agnelli thing, right? Like we, yeah, we, it is. We know that the accountants at Juve were saying, don't do it. Yeah, we and, know, and like financial fair even, play. Even like Marotta the at the time was saying, not do what, it. What, Gaetano, you want to chime in here? What was the, when we got Ronaldo, <laughs> who did we also just happen to lose at that, right around that same time? It's Marotta. No, Marotta. And Beppe, Beppe Marotta is the most valuable who man in Serie A. Genius behind one of the so, geniuses behind Juve's revival. So, like the rumors are that like Ronaldo was the, the the straw that broke the camel's back. Like it was Agnelli basically in a room choosing between Paratici who wanted Ronaldo and Morota who did not want Ronaldo, who wanted to continue the project yep. going forward. Right? We don't know what happened. He chose Ronaldo, and therefore Morata was like, "Okay, so you ch- you clearly like have chosen Paratici over me." Which and is, I think there's no love lost between Morata and Paratici. I think Morata looks at Paratici as like a snake in the grass, as which do many is people. Justified. Exactly. Justified. <sighs> yeah. yeah no. 
I, That's a god. Don't but, talk about him like that. But uh, I'm, I, I'm by no means a Paratici supporter. But what I will say, when it was him and Morata, a lot of people looked at Paratici as the up-and-coming genius, as the scout, as the guy who finds talent, right? And then Agnelli went with him. And then it all, and now we're realizing like who was the true genius behind yeah, it. Yep. Yeah. Right. So, but, I mean, this team I, is this team is absolutely unfolded. I think. Okay, but but here's a, here's a comment that I have to make, and okay. this is about all Juve fans that are like, "What happened to this team? What happened to this team? You won for nine straight years, yep. right? You you had a really strong core, and now you're rebuilding. It happens to every team in every sport. You're gonna go through some tough period." I don't understand where this expectation that you should win year in, year out is coming. Like, there's no happiness looking at it being like, oh, we, we won for nine years. It's only like, oh, how is this aging group of buffoons not winning Serie A again? And no, I, I agree. average age is like 32. No, I, I agree with that in the sense of, um, it, in the sense of Juve fans being spoiled, I can definitely see that perspective that you're coming from, especially coming from a team that hasn't really won in a while. But that's, that's a whole other thing. Um, but no, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I How think- many Sul Campo do you have now? Like 55? <laughs> that, that was really good. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I, I think I think the frustration is that it's almost the sense that we fumbled the bag, right? We didn't have to go out and, and just construct the team the way we have. And it, you just look at the midfield. The, the, the main thing that I wanted to, to sort of hammer in and the two things between losing Allegri in the midfield and Ronaldo and then losing Ronaldo is now we basically lost our main front scoring man. No matter there were the stupid You have Morata. Please. There were the stupid Juve fans who were like, once we lose lose Ronaldo, we're we're gonna be the best team in the world. We're gonna we're gonna be amazing. You can't lose one of the greatest players of all time who's your leading goal scorer and Sadia's leading goal scorer and just be like, oh yeah, this is great. We got Dybala and so so Nobody. I mean I think the key is that you had no replacement for him. Yeah, no I, I don't I don't yeah. I don't fault Juve necess- they get to the same level at all. I mean the guy uh, told you three days before the market no, I agree. closes and they yeah. went out and got Moise Kane and like right. no hate on Moise Kane. I like the guy, but it's not the three not it's, Ronaldo. It's not that I blame them for like the, the basically the three day reaction. It's like <laughs> if you saw where the wind was blowing, which the wind was blowing to him leaving, you should have just cut your losses and sold them. You shouldn't have even tried to just, you should have accelerated talk. There was yeah, no yeah. market for him either. Like, right, but they, even that then, was like a last At least you thing. can plan. At least you can build a team around him. I understand the Moise Kimu. That's the best you could do in the situation, and it's a, but, it's a but, good move. So, like, this is what I'm not understanding. Is okay. It's like, on one hand, it's like, oh, like, how do you let Ronaldo walk? And on the other hand, it's like, sell him and just get rid of him, because it's like... Yeah, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely... I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the situation where, like, you saw the, where the wind was going. You should have just cut ties with Ronaldo, regardless of if you're not going to recoup the losses. Yeah, but how do you do that without a market? That's what Mike's trying to play yeah, out. Yeah, I, I think you you would have been able to you would have been able to sell him. It would have been for not a lot, obviously. But I'm saying even well, the or benefit, what you can do. But the only reason United bought him is yeah. because like last minute Pep was like, "We'll give you ten dollars." Like for Manchester Ronaldo. City, what? And yeah, and I mean, then look at it. He's been linked yeah. to PSG every year for the past however many years, and PSG was like, "Nah." Listen, I I, I don't blame Juve for the for the. For Ronaldo leaving, I, I think no. I think I look okay. at the Ronaldo thing kind of similar, like how I look at the LeBron decision, right? Like mm. Cleveland was kept in the dark yeah, for a, for the entire for the entire summer. How could you plan? How could you plan? Ronaldo tell they took a they took a uh, what's it called? They took a loss on Ronaldo this year. Like they, they sold him for less than his his amortized value. While it's just having a, the worst financial year you've had in the yeah. past decade. I, I mean, right? it's just like, a sad it's a sad ending. It's a sad story. Um. I, I think for me, the problem is now we're left in the aftermath of that decision of signing him, right? We have no midfield. 
You have no one to really replace him. So now you're just left with the same garbage midfield with no 30-plus goal game score. And this is going to be the year we're going to have. It's fine. But we need to, we need to like, focus back on what got us to where we were. Yeah. And if you look at the Juve teams of, I guess you can call it the golden age, that midfield was so, unstoppable. I and mean, now the midfield now is utter garbage. You're not going to find that midfield again. That's I mean, you once, won't. It's a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. thing. You, you basically moved into the position that Barcelona had for so many exactly. years with yeah. that midfield. But, I mean, there are always these constant rumors that Pogba wants to go back. And I think yeah. the, the crazy thing is that it's like if you put Pogba, Locatelli, and like even one of these guys. McKinney. I mean, McKinney, sure, put like one of these guys who will just do some more. That's, of like, that's a great work. midfield. You immediately upgrade the uh, midfield a lot. I think the problem with Pogba is that he's probably like, if I'm not playing for a non He needs to be in team. a system. That's He needs to be in a system in a unit that works where he has a role and that's it. With United, I, I'm we, saying we, I don't more diverge. so that like, he won't leave United. Yeah, no, he, he, I, he, I, he, I, he, he wants okay. to be at a gangbuster. Like, I, this team can win a Champions League on any given year type of thing. That's what Mike is saying, right? I, I see that. Well, just a team that's playing in yeah. Champions League. So, yeah. fun fact. Okay. Looking at the transfer history of Ronaldo and all the fees that were paid. Oh, boy. The fee paid by Juve is $25 million more than what Real Madrid paid for him from Manchester United. Different <laughs> times, though. You know, I, mean, like, you did, I, I think the, the market blew up in a different way. Well, what, yeah, but what I'm saying is, I mean, I'm looking at it. Real Madrid technically did pay a higher premium. They paid... Adjusted for inflation. Well, I'm, well looking, so, I'm looking at transfer market. That's the website I'm looking at to well, see so where the fees two are. Two things I'll say. Literally, like, like two years or three to four years after that transfer, when the market, obviously it was rising, but it wasn't the same. We remember that Juve was was basically nickeling and diming for Verratti when he was worth like 12, 13 million. And when he was at uh, Marotta didn't Pascata. want to pay like two they, more million. They asked for two extra million. Two extra million, no, folks. That's how much money. Midfielder walk for and two that's how million. much different the market was even just a few years after that when it was already rising. So still talking about you, but I want to transition yes, a bit. Yeah. And I want to pose this question to the it. panel, starting with Mike, because Mike has more history on this than most of us. I want to talk about Allegri because he's now a, a okay. big component of this Juve rebuild project. Mike, being a fan of Milan and have and going through the Allegri years, do you think? Time. Do you think, or do you know if Allegri has what it takes to actually build the system, or was that more just the board doing it? I think. I, I mean, there's a lot happening in the Allegri years at Milan, right? Like you go from winning the Scudetto with a really, really strong team to just the Berlusconi ownership falling out of, the, you know, just mm -hmm. everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. The team is getting shopped this week, and then, you know, now they're staying, and you're buying players like Balotelli, and the locker room's gone. And, like, I, I think he never had a chance to really solidify it. Leonardo went and took your two best players, your two most important players, Um so it's tough to judge him entirely on those years. I don't think that the Milan fallout and like collapse into the banter era is necessarily on the banter era. I like that on Allegri. You're it's saying it's more on just the board. I think and the ownership. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of factors going into it. I think that I'd say that the ownership group and some of the decisions that they made. I mean, spending. 30 million euro on Bertolacci is, you know, <laughs> whose fault is that? The meme era. But, um, Christ. what was the Argentinian center back you guys got? What the hell is his name? Oh my God. Do you know who I'm talking about? It's You're not, not talking about, I mean, he wasn't a center back, but Bilia. 
No, 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 no. There's this other someone with an M. I can't think of it. But that's that's besides the point. Sorry. I I think, I think honestly, if you if you give Allegri a little bit of time, I think that he can build a team. And the problem that I see with Juve is like. Where do the funds come from to build his team? Because he's he wants particular players, but all of their money's tied up. Yeah, so I, I think sort of digressing a little bit, the whole Pirlo hiring and now like with the Allegri situation, I think it's just characterized in such a weird way. Like Allegri's the savior, he's going to save you. Like this situation is unsavable. I don't, right I, I see, but like, but really quickly, that's a mentality. It's like Allegri has gotten them points this year already that Pirlo would have dropped. No, I agree with you, but I'm saying I'm saying the Pirlo hiring was stupid in the first place. But the way that he's been portrayed as like this Sir Alex Ferguson light, where he's going to come in and save Juve, it's just it's throwing pressure on him that he doesn't deserve because this situation is is terrible. Like he's obviously going to get us points, and he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. It's just this is a project that's going to take years to recover because like you, everything is absolutely fucked on our team. So to pose to both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, Galano's not really interested in this conversation. No, I am. I'm, so I'm, he, he doesn't talk about Calciopoli or scandals. I was, I, no, no, I was looking up some interesting... Uh, yeah. He's going to drop some data bombs here. So, <laughs> so what I'm curious is, timeline-wise, we'll start with Julio. How long do you think until Allegri has to get this project right? One prediction. And the other one's like, how long do you think it'll take for him to get it right? So how long will I, am I willing to like let him go through it? As a Juve fan, how long would you let this... Pro, this rebuild go on before you get fed up with Allegri and also kind of to counteract that how long do you think this rebuild should take to get it back to where Juve was that, those are some good questions I, I I think I'm willing to like see it out obviously just from he's had amazing success at Juve and he's a great coach so it's just straight up facts right yeah and the fact that this team is is just utter garbage like it's just poorly constructed the book saying are, this now but when Juve finishes in third place somehow he's gonna be like this is a great team I Allegri's think the greatest coach of all time we could win this well, he, is saying, next year. he is saying Allegri's a good coach so he's he's already kind of he's feeding great, in the narrative but sorry he's a great coach I think because of the the, the goodwill and the history I'm yeah. I'm willing to give him like two years to three years I think I'm willing to give him to okay. see if he can turn the ship around because again the books and the, the the team is so poorly constructed it just needs to be so rebuilt. do you think do you think you'll take that th- time span so. or longer? I think for- I think two three years at least. Okay, this is the, at we, least wow. Okay. At least you're at willing least, to taste two to three years of like yes. mediocrity, ugly football. Uh, but what what if Zidane but comes every, in the winter? Every time that they've tried to transition to like anyone that plays some semblance of modern soccer, <laughs> Juve fans are like boo. boo. <laughs> we don't like this. <laughs> boo. But but ugly football with a coach. That doesn't have a history of building a project. That, that's, that's my that's point. my that's concern. I mean, the the closest he has to it is the, the, the Cagliari years, right? And he was pretty okay there, and that's how, what landed. Well, in so the that, that that's job. sort of what I was saying, like the whole Sir Alex thing. Like, it's like, is he a great coach? Yes. Is he of that? He's not of that quality, unless he again yeah, he, he builds he a project. He could never play a four four two flat for twenty years. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> and also that's buy all the best talent in Europe at the time. Right. No, I that's mean, not that's not possible. That's not possible. But. I think the point is, Gaetano Gray is a great point. Can he build a team? Because honestly, he kind of inherited an unreal situation coming from the Conte years. Literally, with, again, one of the greatest midfields in Juve's storied yeah. history. And at the time, one of the greatest midfields in Europe. And just uh, everything just happened to coalesce correctly for those years. And he was coached during those years. Now, when he inherits a disaster, what is going to happen? And now he has to change. He's not just coach. He's now. And I now think. you're seeing he's not. He's not like Antonio Conte. Where Antonio Conte, if he let's say for some reason he mended the fences with Agnelli and came in this year, Juve would not be in ninth. So, I don't Juve know. would not be. Here's in ninth. the thing: whether he wants to keep him for two or three years, 
is regardless. He signed he signed a nine million net contract a year until two, 2025. Okay, so he's but got the directive. It's, it's the Juve specialty to fire someone and have them on the I mean, books for the next yeah, six years. Yeah, Pirlo, is Sadi still on the, the books, right? I think no, Sadi's off the books now. I think both of them are off the books. I think Pirlo was only Pirlo, one year. No, Pirlo's, Pirlo's still on the books. On the books. Really? Yeah. It's cheap. It was a multi-year contract. Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he was brought in as like That's a, such a sad signing. He wasn't a manager before he got brought in. Because he shouldn't have been hired. No, he passed his thesis test. That was supposed to be the... Yeah, everyone... Apparently the greatest thesis ever. Everyone was raving about and then it was like, oh, you're not coaching Champagne now. football. I think last year might go down as one of the greatest meme seasons of all time. You just have like a team that just does not function. You, you have call, Ronaldo you call, and then you, you hire Pirlo. It's League. like the entire season's played to the, like the backdrop of like the Celine Dion song. <laughs> the bad <laughs> food, you know? Wait a minute, guys. Do we not realize that it's all going to be documented? It's oh on the Amazon. God, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that was that was last season. That's, That's what, what I'm saying. Uh, There's yeah, one Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. one. Which I mean, I, I kind of want to. Is it out yet? Yeah. I need to know. It's uh, December. I think. No, it's, it's, the, I think it's later this Merry month. It comes Christmas out. to me. No, no. What? what <laughs> no, has rents. No, the, the Christmas for this group will be next year when the Arsenal all or nothing. No, no one's gonna watch that. No, I refuse to even watch a second. No, no, no. It would have. It would have. It would have been great if Conte, when he was rumored to go to Arsenal, if he was in it. That is Oscar. I want, but, I, want to, I want to see the clown show that is. That is. So, but hold on, yeah. I want to. I want to pose this to you. To to, to, to you, man. Yeah, to Julia. <laughs> okay, so what happened since the 2016-2017 Champions League final appearance? Right. Yep. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you the top three purchases and the top three departures. Oh, I like from that. Juve since then, give me right. <laughs> the okay. arrivals for 40 million in 2017, Bernadeschi. Okay. For 25 million, Matuidi. For twenty million, Quadrado, not bad. And just, just gonna throw that out, throw this out there as well. Benatia for sixteen point seven million. When I did, forgot oh God. that Medi Benatia it even existed. existed. Yeah. When did when did Pjanic sign? Pjanic was the year before. Year before. So oh God. he was he was in that final. Now departures. Bonucci forty two million. I mean to, that was a meme to yours truly, Milan. How to how to nuke your career? Here's the here's the fun ones right. Kingsley Coman for twenty one million that is to such FC a st- Bayern. I talk about stupid, this all stupid. of the time with my brother that that is the worst piece of business like of all time. It did not age well at yeah, all. At all. Isn't the man? Is anyone? Was he on the team when they won the World Cup? Yeah. Or was he hurt? Yeah. No, he was there. He was there. He's he's just like the the most winning young player. Of, like, you know, you know, he's still now. only twenty six. He, he, he was influential in that Champions League final. Yes, he was. You want, you want you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. He, I think it's ten years now. He. Yes, in the yes, past yes, the 10 time. years, yeah. he's won a league title everywhere he's gone. Because yep, he went from Juve to, I think, PSG for one or two seasons. Yes. Or vice versa. Yes. And obviously, PSG was, was the only team that won at that time. Then, from I, I think from Juve, he went straight to Bayern. Mm-hmm. And now he's on like an yeah. eight-league winning streak. With it's ridiculous. Like I saw the stat. I was like, that's just awesome. You guys keep an eye on that PSG. They might be something one day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Underdogs, sometimes they come right, up. So, so yeah, okay. So now, keep, 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 keep obviously, these are all from transfer market. No, yeah. So, in 2018, we have Ronaldo. We have Ooh. for 117 million euros. Joao Cancelo, 40 million. <laughs> Douglas Costa, 40 million. Bonucci back, 35 million. Fine. Oh, you guys. But I think that the Bonucci thing was like a wash yeah. deal, right? Because they yeah. sent Caldara so the other way. Going yeah. the other way, leaving that year, they had Caldara for 36, Mandragora for 20, and then Iguain on loan. <laughs> so That's another sad thing about, uh, just a random thought, another sad thing about the Ronaldo transfer was sort of the disrespect that Higu- Higuain got. Like, 
you know, before Juve, like scoring what, like 36 goals, something like that with, with Napoli. And then going to Juve and honestly being a great striker at Juve. A beast at a Juve. A beast at Juve. And then, that's oh, where, that's wait. Where, that's where Dybala really came into his form. And that's where I could see on, yes, that too. And I could see why Marotta's like, well, hell, fuck you guys. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. When you look, when Gaetano just put it like that, like you look at where we were and now where we are after Ronaldo, like what a, just what a sad situation. Also, honorable mention from that from that year, they brought in Emery Sean on a free transfer. Oh my god, that was the beginning Oof. of the end. Oof. Okay, hold Jesus on. Christ. All right, hold we, on. Last point about you, then we kind of no, have just, to I'm move just, on. We have two more years left, right? This is very, oh my this is fun. God, this, this is fun. No, this, this is great. <laughs> this is great. So then, here's my favorite one. Ready? 2019-2020. Delict ninety million. Oof. Danilo. 38 million. Oh my God. Kulusevsky, 35 million, brought him in the winter. Romero, 26 million. Luca Pellegrini, 22 million. Out, outgoing. Joao Cancelo, 65 million. Yeah, Spinazzola, 29 that million. That was so stupid. Moise That was so stupid. 27 million. Aldero, 20 million, out the door. And then last season. Artur, seventy-two million. Just what are we doing? And then Rovella. <laughs> is he? Is he uh, can I? Can you're I ask like you? Is stabbing Julio in the ears can, can, and can the eyes at the is, same is, is time. Artur, when you look at him, you're like, oh, 72 million. No, no. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's why they're getting too. investigated. It's just it's oh, just. Okay. Sorry. When, did, when did Rabiot come in? Did we, we talk about Rabiot? I, I, I forgot to mention. Sorry, the, free, the year yeah. before I didn't mention the free transfers that came in as well. Free. Go, go. Aaron Ramsey for what's his wage? One eighty a week at something like that. They don't show the wages, but oh yeah, we know the wage. <laughs> Ramsey came in that year The same year Delic came in That Ramsey, Rabiot, and Buffon All coming back uh, All coming in on freeze And then last year they had Artur For 72 million What a great transfer They had Rovella Who I don't think has worn the jersey since he's arrived Well Artur wasn't an actual purchase though. It was like a it was quote a unquote swap, swap For an Pianic. aging Pianic who hasn't played a game well, for Barcelona Which now might be illegal Yeah Pianic is really bad And that's that's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> I rest my case, Your Honor. All right, hold on. You're not out of the wood yet, though, because where we're going now is your humble abode at Inter. Oh, it's, it's a garbage fire. Oh, yeah. Dumpster fire. Wins for one year. So. Gets a little cocky. <laughs> so, God, I want your overview of Inter so far and your percentage of winning City out. What do you think now that we've seen almost two weeks of stuff and they have an upcoming Champions League game? So, like, what do you think is going to happen? Which one first? The Champions League or the... Um, Let's focus on Italy. Yeah, yeah. Do okay. Italy first. I have to run to the bathroom. Do I, think they're, do I think they're going to win the Scudetto? Seven I, points back right now. They're seven points back. With with a, the Derby coming up this weekend. The Derby coming up. I think if they lose the Derby, it'll be like 12% chance that they win the Scudetto. If they win or draw, I'll give them... If they win, I'll give them a... F- 45% chance, and if they draw, I'll give them a 30% chance. Um, I think Milan and Napoli are, are better. They have continu- uh, continuity. They have, um, hopefully, Inter will still have Champions League football to worry about. Um, we'll see with that game. And then, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, having a new coach, having a new face for the franchise, basically, um, losing Lukaku, losing Hakimi, um, I think it's a lot to overcome, and I think Milan and Napoli seem to be much better suited for the Scudetto this year than Inter. So, I mean, 
we're still so early into yep. the season. I, I think like it's tough. I think that I don't know this. I don't discount the fact that this team knows how to win now. Yeah. Yep. I think that that's a, that's a big thing in Italy. Think, it's just inertia. And it's I think Milan's, Milan's a very young team. I, and that's another factor that scares me is the youthfulness. Yeah. It's good in one regard, but, but I mean, like, you've got, you've got seasoned veterans on that team. That in, a, in a match, like a six-point swing that's coming up on Sunday, quick. they know how to get points. And, like, you're going to have guys like Skriniar throwing little Brahim Diaz to the ground. And <laughs> the, they, so they know how get, to get points. If we get the ref from the last game, then uh, <laughs> uh, that'll be a pen. Does it have to at Juve if you're talking about refs and money? and Where are you going with it? How, how do we not talk about this? This, this? It was a penalty. Did he pay you? Did he it lock was, you in a room and tell was, you to make the right I'm telling you right now, it's a penalty. Are we diverting to the penalty talk before we go back to Milan? Yes, yes, we're diverting to the penalty. I don't think it's a penalty, but I just do it to kind of rile up the brother. Can I have my take? Here we go. Go ahead. Listen, does it ruin the sport? Yes, I agree. It's a soft. It ruins the sport. Let the boys play. I agree with everyone here. Let the boys play. The problem with VAR is that when you have when you have every little thing analyzed like a robot, and if it's a foul in the box, it's a penalty. Was it in the box? Because it didn't look well, like so it was in that, the box. That's so a different thing. That, that, that was what I was debating. I understand. I understand the in the box thing. There was it was definitely a foul in the box part. I, I agree with the the analysis. Did he did the ref rush the analysis because he's bought out by Uve? Probably no. That, um, I, definitely no, but, not. But I mean, listen. Would I have given a penalty if there was no VAR? No. It's but, not a penalty. But here's the thing. It's like the, the well, he, he, didn't, he didn't give it without the VAR. If, if, if it's in the box, it's a penalty. No. Unfortunately, no, with, VAR, with VAR, with VAR, it's unfortunately a penalty. If you no, follow the box, it's a penalty. First of all, think, first of all the, rules, the rules were changed this year to give deference to the ref's decision on the field. The ref literally was right there, and he said, that's not a penalty. Then right. he looks at the VAR. Someone so what, in his ear tells him, you got to call a penalty. And now we don't have <laughs> deference to the referee anymore. They, they, so what, they what is the they difference? They don't say so you got to call a penalty. What is it? What is the rules on the deference to the ref on, on VAR again? There's supposed to be deference to the referee. On the initial? But it's supposed to be clear and obvious error. Right, clear and obvious error. And there is The fact that we're debating it right now means it's not a clear and obvious error. Yeah. The fact no, that three that. people at this table say that it's not it was a not foul. A, it's not a clear and obvious It's area. definitely not a clear and, and obvious And it's such a big match, too. I mean, And I think what Mike on. is saying, let the boys play. Yeah, first of all, so multiple fronts here. One, the league's gone soft, right? Like, everyone wants to call a penalty. You raised about the ref is what guys are trying to say. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm, I'm saying, that, that right there... That right there in the box, I don't even call it. That to me is the equivalent of a little shirt tug. No, I, yeah, I agree. In, on a corner kick. Yeah, that that was that the most same minimal. play. That same play happened in Milan Roma this weekend, and they didn't call it. That's exactly. So I'm gonna pull the picture. Up. Well, I was about to say to to be fair to the ref, his initial reaction was he didn't call it, and that's the part so that okay, yeah, that's yeah. the part that bothers me the most, right? Yeah. If he saw that in the run up and said that was a penalty, checked VAR, and because the rule says you need to defer to the ref's initial call. Right, how strong, so how strong penalty. is that? So clear and obvious error, right? If, let's just, let's assume it's in the box. Sure. If you see contact in the box and there's a foul in the box, that's not that's not. Isn't that a clear and obvious because, error? Because because there's a there's it's not just that simple analysis. It's like okay. is the player looking for it? Is it is it mm -hmm. what's is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly my point. Mike, Mike on like the uh, the like anti like Jamie from the Rogan podcast. <laughs> terrible. Wait, Jamie, play that real quick. Play that real quick. <laughs> so, but. But there's like there's like multiple there's multiple analysis okay. there. It's not just whether or not there's contact. Contact is not enough because otherwise every corner kick there would be a penalty, right? It has to be like does it does it significantly affect the play? 
No, it does not. Is right. he looking for the call? Right, Clearly, right, right. he is. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't I mean, blame him. Every player is going to do that. Every player is going. I don't. By no means am I. Blame. No, but I agree with you. I think the sport's gone soft. It's and gone bar 100%, has only exacerbated. A hundred percent. They know the cameras looking. All you need is to act or show something. I'm. I, we are one step away. You know how in basketball where it's like, okay, if you want to really draw a foul, you put your arm under the guy and. You can't do it anymore. Draw the foul. Can't do it anymore. That's where it used to be. We are one step away from that. Yeah. Because you know the camera's looking, and if they look at that in the box, that's a penalty. Again, if the ref saw it in the box and called a foul in the in the play, I would say, and then looked at the VAR and said, "Oh, the rule says I can't unless it's like without a doubt." Then he'd be in line with the rule. Then he's in line with the rules. He literally chose the wrong decision, in my opinion, and went against the rules as they are written, which to me is just beyond me. Okay, Mike. No, I, I mean, it's not a penalty. It's a 50-50 ball. And, like, there's it's a contact sport. You can't call that a penalty. So, so that's where I was going to go. And also, wasn't, if I'm remembering this correctly, isn't his back to goal at this point? Like, how are you denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity if the dude's on the edge of the box with his back facing are you, Wait, are you talking back? about Dumfries or the Juve player? Both of them. Like, they, they were both coming out. Out I thought the Juve player was going the towards goal. Yeah, but they were both like coming sideways in from the sideline. Yeah. Okay. And right. Dumfries has his back behind him. He's in front of the ball. Yeah. So my thing with the whole physicality of it, I, as playing defender in high school and college, when you're in the penalty box, you're allowed a little more physicality in terms of, you know, the, the subtle stuff, like the shirt tugging, the pulling a little bit. Obviously, don't make it egregious. That, I think, is one of those things where when you're in the penalty box, you're going to get those that contact of on your boot all the time. Unless it's egregious, I don't think it should be called at all. I My big debate was if it was outside the box, I think it should be a foul. Like if it's on the line or outside of it, yes, it's soft, but the way that the games are called but now. But that's not, but that's not the rule, you know? Listen, regardless of whether it was whether you think it's a foul or not, the fact that the ref said it wasn't and it yeah. went to the VAR. That's egregious. And the, yes. and the VAR told them, no, you have to. Quote, it was apparently a, a blatant error, which clearly it's not, given our discussion here today, is is ridiculous. Yeah. But besides that, yeah. I thought Inter played well against Udinese. I thought, you know, they need to get Correa going, and the two goals is really encouraging. I'm hoping that he gets going, because I have always rated him as a player. I liked him at Lazio. His goal was good. He tra- it took a guy one-on-one and finished. But that's what we need. That's the one thing we really don't have on the team is a player that can really take you on. We have Pettisic, and we have Dumfries. Let me quick quick side on Dumfries. I think people are very harsh on him right now. Right back in Serie A is really hard. It's incredibly difficult. Hakimi, who I rate as like a top five right back in the world, took some time to adapt. Conte sat him a couple of games. Okay, let's give Dumfries some time. He's on a twelve million dollar purchase. I I think if if we're patient with him, he can end up being a steal in a couple of years. But we need to be patient with him. It's not. It's way too soon. He's a young kid. Let him leave him alone. And the good thing with him is that you have Darmian, who's a more experienced right 100%. back. hundred percent. And it it kind of alleviates some pressure. But you know, when it comes to summer signings, everyone sees the brings. They always for some reason put more pressure on them than who's already in the squad. So I get what you're saying. I like Dumfries a lot. He has sparks of being really good. I know we talked about this on the last pod, but to kind of reiterate, I liked him a lot. I think he adds a different dynamic than Hakimi was. Hakimi was faster, but Dumfries is bigger. So he's a more of a threat aerially. So I think it's really interesting to see how he develops. Also, intangibles wise, he was a captain. Okay, like he's a leader from PSV. Yeah, or he was he was a captain at PSV. PSV. Okay, so which is a reputable club. There's there no, there no you know nothing to sneeze great at. Great team. It's a great team. Very like has tradition. Right, he was a captain at 25 years old. Okay, yeah. 
He's got the intangibles. I think you just got to be patient with him. I think he'll prove himself. I mean, the good thing right now is that the question coming in was his health. And he had, I think, one, like, minor injury yeah, early on. But he's, he's been, you know, been, not, been knock available. on wood, he's been he's going to stay okay. Yeah. All right, I think let's start winding things down here. Okay. Two matches coming up this weekend. One everybody's prediction. I'm going to go. I mean, obviously, the Derby's going to be one. I'm going to say Napoli-Verona. That's an interesting matchup for me. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Napoli-Verona, that's a 1-1 draw for me. Okay. Milan-Inter is interesting. <laughs> should we give it? To, should we let the people that don't have skin in the game on this? Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. let's go. Let's, let's, let let's hear it from you guys first. The Napoli-Inter game, who do you guys got? All right, this is Julio's first pot, so he gets the honors. So we're, we're, we're looking at we're like at the Napoli Milan Inter. No, Napoli Verona yeah. is the first game, and Milan Inter is the other game. Napoli Verona could be really interesting. Another game. Whether, sorry, but those are one of the games where championships are made right there. That that type of game where you the Milan versus Inter game. No, no. Well, that too, but like in the sense of Napoli Verona, like yeah, a, a team that's like not really supposed to be where they are, like uh, like in the grand scheme of things, but. Really They're a quickly, tough team to win. Julio's saying that just has the mental image of Gunter putting the ball into, <laughs> I found Verona putting the ball into his own net against Milan and then getting the win. I'm like, that's where championships are made. <laughs> <laughs> own championships goals. are made of. Let's exactly. also not forget, this is a vengeance game for Napoli too. Like, Verona's a team that kept them out of the Champions League last yeah. year. Yeah. So. Good, good, good point. So, Julio, what's your prediction for those two games? Actually, no, there's Juve Fiore. Also this weekend. Juve Fiore, that's, uh, I mean, three. listen, we're going to win the Champions League, <laughs> and that's how we're going to get the Champions League. That's all I'll say. I won't You're say anything finish more. finish in 14th. 14th place, Champions yes. League winner. So, three, so, we'll start with Juve Fiore. What do you think he's going to... Draw. Score? 1-1. One, one. No okay. way. No way. Juve, now, Ronaldo with the goal? Oh, no, too soon. Oh, too soon, yeah, yeah. Always beats up on Fiore. This is a... And they, they've got the feel-good energy from, from clinching. We got the feel-good energy, and then we play in Serie A, and then we lose. I'm going to say 2 nothing. Ah, I like that. I hope I'm it happens. Say two <laughs> I like that a lot. Is Goals. Fiore the home team? Fiore's away. Ooh. Yeah, this is a 2 0 one here. I'm going to say goals. Two. From my boy, Dybala. Mike did the hands. I'm gonna give one. I'm gonna see. give one to the the Hamburglar himself. The Hamburg. He's been a beast. He's, he's, on a, he's, on a he's got to start, man. Wait, he's Hamburg. We mean Hamburg. Yeah. Everyone apparent in Italy is saying that he's too fat because he eats yeah. hamburgers. You, you, you like were complaining that he's too fat. He also it's, what did he didn't he like? Uh, it sounds like me and Galano one said yeah. Didn't he like bang like Pulisic's like what was sister? The, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. So so what? that's why. So yeah, he's a Hamburger and a sex addict. He missed a sex addict. Maybe not sex addict. That's beautiful. A bad guy. Now he got COVID. The reason that he sat out of the America camp is because he broke COVID protocol by yes. meeting up with Pulisic's sister. That's a great story. Oh, no. Kind of savage. Honestly, like, I respect that. All right. All not right. gonna lie. I don't. We, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> get back to okay, the so league. So, I think Napoli is gonna pass his test and beat Verona, but Verona is gonna be tough, tough-ass team. I'd say, I'd say 2-1 Napoli. 2-1 Napoli. And I think, oh, that's, Milan Inter is so tough. I, I think Inter wins. I don't. I score? don't. I don't believe Milan's going to win the title. Score. Three one. Inter. Ooh. I think the championship. The Inter's Inter's pedigree is going to come out. Yeah, 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 you don't know. I, listen, I think Inter's got a real great shot. He's, on he's putting the Malocchio on you. Listen, hope both team plays. The both teams play really well. You know, like, we'll see what happens. Okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, Galano's about if, to do 7 nothing Mila. If a comic could hit the Sensido, he would, he'd ask for it. <laughs> the Malocchio has been placed, folks. He'd, he'd make it happen. No, then they play in Bergamo, which no one wants to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
Your picks. Starting with Juve Fiore. Juve home to Fiore. Give me the Allegri special. one nothing. There it is. Okay. Um, Napoli-Verona. Is Verona home? No, Napoli's home. For me, for some reason, that makes the draw even more likely. I'm like, yeah, See, Verona's better. People get that Salernitana game like as like, oh, like Napoli wasn't that good. But Salernitana, that was that was a derby match for them. Like, I think Salernitana is in the Naples region. It's like 40 minutes away. Yeah. Exactly. So like they were really up for that game. And that they, was, and, that was and, their game of the season. And they were parking the bus. Exactly. That was their game of the season. So they're going to come home. They're going to place a Verona team who's running high. Uh, you know what? Give me Napoli 2-1. Okay. And then... Here we go! Milan in there. <laughs> what is going to happen? Milan 2 nothing. So so this is That's the Gaetano, this is so this is Gaetano, Gaetano special. He's always like, oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe Inter's going to lose. Woe is me. Oh, Inter's so bad. All right, so I already picked 1-1 Verona-Napoli. Yep. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm going to change. Chiesa is going to score and celebrate against Fiorentina. He's going to sue against the yeah. rubs salt in the wounds yeah. of those. So you're still sticking with Juve 2 nothing, right? Uh, yeah, 100%. Juve 2 nothing. okay. Uh, keep in mind, derby matches in Italy, I feel like they always disappoint me. I feel like they're never that exciting to watch. Yeah. I'm going to go for the Italy special 0-0 draw. Between That's depressing, but probably accurate. Okay. The All only right. real person here, I'll tell you. <sighs> not, the, not the impartial folk. Yeah. Um, Juve Fiore. 2-1 Fiore. Ooh. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. I respect that take on Because think about it, Sassuolo went in there and won 2-1 too. I, pff, a lot yeah, of people have gone in and Juve's having won. their retreat this week. But they're, they're all at the J yeah, Hotel. Yeah, yeah, but, but they won today, though. J. They yeah, yeah they, won, they won Zenit. But yeah, let's think about it, though. Sassuolo and Fiore, who's the better team in that? Fiore. <laughs> <laughs> He's player. really not wrong, though. No, I, th- I think Fiorentina, 2-1, and I think Vlavic has a goal and assist. Is Berardi the Dame Lillard of Serie A? Yeah, on a way lower level, yes. <laughs> <laughs> man, he's not leaving, he's not leaving this, this city, man. Man, I wanted it's to more punch. like a Bradley Beal. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wanted to punch a wall when Milan didn't sign him. I wanted that so badly. Mike has been the biggest Berardi Sam I'm the biggest. No, I'm I'm with you too. I think if me like I'm, that would have helped. That would have made no, a lot of sense. We've got Salamakers. You think when Much when better. or if like do you think he leaves soon? Like Berardi, when do you think no. he, he wants do you think out? He, he okay. wants I think out. I think he wants to leave. Where do you think he goes? He wants change. If, if Inzaghi, well, he's I'm about to say, but if Inzaghi, oh, if, if Inzaghi's at Inter, he's not going to because the system doesn't work yeah, for him. Doesn't if anything, he's probably going to go to Milan. I think Milan's the best fit for him. And he doesn't want to go to Juve because he's going to. They have so many forwards anyway. It makes. I mean, they have Ronaldo, so how is he? Oh. But he, but he, he turned down Juve years ago. Well, yeah, but now he's like, oh, I need to make something of my career. He was partially owned. We talked about this no, on the last. No, the thing is, though, is that Juve is looking for a third string right winger. So the thing that bothers me, forty million euro on a winger that won't play. So the thing that bothers me is that like we've literally like owned at some point like every great player in Serie A right now. It's like it's, it's every, Juve literally have like a an Nabadella. They didn't listen. I respect Badella, even though he's. No, because he, he no, he, the, the the one unifying factor of any player in Serie A is if they play on the national team, everyone roots for them no matter what. It's not, when, not, not if you're a Milan supporter. Mm, who, I don't think that like, that's true. No, Milan supporters, they don't even support players that played for Milan that are on the national team. No, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Just so, quick shout out to my boy Dybala also passing Michel Platini today. 
Yeah, he's the celebration was pretty hot too. We, we got to tie the we got to tie this in. Platini, I mean, he also had big news today. Indicted. Oh in yeah, him and him and Seb Blatter. Oh. They were got charged with fraud. Why every time we bring up Udi, I was gonna talk about some fraud, this, this some crime. <laughs> it's always a, I'm the first thing in his head. It's the first thing in his Listen, head. Listen, he's a maybe. big conspiracy theorist. Ask him about the election. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Not, not at all. That's not, right, not even right. remotely funny. So so I have Juve. And Fjorda, Fjorda winning 2-1. Vlavic with the goal and assist. And Kiesa scoring for Juve. Napoli, Verona. Oh, that's in-depth. I like that. I'm going to go 2-0 Napoli. And I think it's going to be a goal from Osimhen and a pen from Insigne. And then the Milan-Inter game. Oh, God. I can go Takic. I can go hopeful. Milan are the better team in form, but Inter have dominated the recent Madoninas. I think and they like split them last year. Last year was in, the, was the first Italy time. We that's what I'm saying. Last year, last year was yeah, but like when we went to visit, when we I've went, been keeping count. When we went to go see the game, <laughs> Galano and I went to go see the game in 2019, and that was an insane game. But Inter had won the series double on them, then I think the series double before then. So recent history wants me to say Inter, but I'm gonna ride with Milan. I'm gonna go two one Milan. Goals from Zlatan, and I don't know why. Leo. I don't know why I'm saying. So actually, no, not not Zlatan, Leao, and I think for some reason Tonali is going to score. I have all, a weird feeling. All I want is for it to be like the 94th minute. Milan gets a corner, and Alessio Romagnoli rises <laughs> up. <laughs> and like then, a wait, wait, wait who, who, did, who does he rise? Who does he rise up over? That's important. Oh, it has to be Skriniar. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. The symbolism there would just be too much for I, I would I would not be able to show my face on this pod for a long time. I, that, uh, we might have to make it like that night to have the pod. No, I'll be on a flight to Milan. He's <laughs> <laughs> in a club, folks. Mike just, Mike just, might just do Milan. just a round trip in a plane in Milan, just celebrating the whole ride there and back. Oh. Um, but yeah, those are my picks. Um, let me see if I'm missing anything else. I think I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. That was a hell of a debut for me. I'll tell you. I that know. Folks. Oh no, the last one was longer. Oh, I know it was longer, but listen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, this was, this got heated. I light up like a supernova. So this, this light up like a, a souvenir. Souvenir. <laughs> supernova. But I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of very tired right now, so I didn't come yeah. off well. But you're the only one. I I. All right. No. I work zero. Oh, I was gardening all day. Oh my god. <laughs> all right. Just like his ancestors. Oh my. Julio Galano. Mike, thank you for being on the pod. Episode two is now officially wrapped up. One on all. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Ciao.